His name is Heston Blumenthal. Hello. Welcome on board another journey to the centre of food. I'm Jay, your host for this adventure, along with James, our Fat Duck producer. And on today's show, it's time to open that cupboard in your kitchen, the one full of presents, impulse purchases and late night Amazon visits as we delve into the world of kitchen gadgets to explore the good, the bad and the completely useless. So without further ado, let's meet our very own Inspector Gadget, Heston Blumenthal. Hello, Heston. Hello, Jay. Hello, James. Hello. Hello, everyone. Can I just say, I think that was my 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 favourite hello from Heston of the of the run so far. I agree. I like it when he does the cheeky hello. It's his hello that, trucker's voice, isn't it? Was that a cheeky one? It was your hello. My Yorkie, Yorkie bar. Housewife's favourite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what if I put you after it? Hello, you. Ooh, oh, no. very. Oh, that's a bit of milk tray, man. So you're creating a monster. A yeah, you, you yeah. are creating. <laughs> that a might monster. shift our rating on the podcast app from clean to hmm, maybe not. Oh yes, James has just found we have a rating for clean, which is surprising. Uh, Hello. <laughs> so <laughs> I might get arrested actually. So anyway, as we go, let's Am- move. Talking about arrested, let's move on to kitchen gadgets. Kitchen gadgets, yes, we thought it'd be fun. We've been doing a series of, of episodes all about things in the kitchen. We've done ovens, kitchen design, knives, and we all thought it would be fun to explore kitchen gadgets because we've all got them. Some are fantastically useful, some are absolutely useless, and it would be good to go across the whole range. And I'll I'll start with somewhere I thought we could all start, which is this idea of the first kitchen gadgets I was aware of was as a teenage boy walking through one of those local markets in the town and every so often they would have one of those guys standing there doing demonstrations with some fabulous apple decoring magician machine or a quick slicing thing which looked oh, like, just like, wonderful like an onion quick slicing chopping thing yes that's it you push down and it all comes out and yeah. you go you're watching go i don't even cook and i need this in my life immediately yeah. they're like sort of qvc on steroids they're wonderful aren't they yeah yeah and then for, after those you buy them you go i must get one of these and you just chop the end of your finger off three times stick it in the cupboard and never use it again exactly actually i remember <laughs> there's a make of a mandolin is like a slicing uh piece of plastic with a blade so you can slice onions or potatoes really finely and you can change the width and i went to do a cooking demo years ago on stage maybe 500 people they didn't have the one that I can't remember the name of the make that I normally use. So they had, I remember it was German. It didn't have an adjustable, so you couldn't adjust the blade. You had to use your finger pressure to make it thicker or thinner. And the blade was really thick. And I was slicing potatoes to make uh, like witch's hats with red peppers to, for a cod dish. You see the and, face James is pulling, by the way. He knows what's coming. He's like, uh, wincing uh, and i'm slicing 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 talking 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 <laughs> talking and then i just saw this front row of old ladies <laughs> with their mouths wide open and blood everywhere i sliced the top of all my fingers off oh, what did you do then did you just stop carry on i washed uh wrapped my hand in kitchen paper and carried on. Brilliant. That's the wow. show business spirit in you. Uh, That's yeah. it. Showbiz to yeah. his core. But I only knew 
I, the shock on on their faces. James, you strike me as someone who have a lot of. I've those had a few gadgets. I've got a, I've got one of those mandolins in the cupboard, which I'm terrified of actually, and it comes with this enormous. <laughs> they call it a guard, but it's it's a completely practical thing. You're meant to attach to any. Basically, you, you attach something yeah, to whatever it, does, it is it, you're meant to it be. It does work. You know, it does work. Um, it does work. Well, the guard. I could recommend the guard. Well, anyone, I'd recommend yeah, using it to works. anybody listening. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Always use the guard. Until you use it enough times, it's got spikes on it. Yeah, that's right. And the spikes go down. So if you're slicing potatoes, as the potato gets thinner, the spikes go down, and then you've finished. Or if you're like a blokey bloke that doesn't look at instructions um, of how to put up climbing frames and then ends up with an upside down climbing frame with a missing <laughs> bolt then you won't use the guard because you don't need to because you're a bloke but i would suggest using the guards they work he's absolutely uh, uh, a, and what's that about what's that about there's those ones <laughs> that, that that you put apples on or maybe cucumbers and you spin them. Spy- uh, so you're talking spiralizer. Spiralizer. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention those as a, a modern phenomena, aren't they? You know, yeah. Well, you put your apple well, on. They do. They, they peel yeah, it, right? Just take they make the it fancy off. peel. It depends which one you get. You know, there's many now. I'm sure the catalogs are falling through your letterbox right now with your options. But they just yeah. kind of put a little pokey bit into the apple and, and you turn the apple. And it just yep. slowly and it makes a really cold spiral that you do something with. Yes, I had a mate at school, and that was his entire home economics project. He just he did spiral that things. and laid them on the plate. And I was mega jealous. I was like, "What? That looks amazing!" He didn't cook anything. He just did all the different vegetables spiralized. I'm sure, though, in the <laughs> old days, well. there used to be. Um, again, my references are, are often record breakers. Um, uh, with um, <laughs> oh god, what's his name? Um, Roy, Roy, Roy Carter and the, and the other no. guy. Who was the, anyway? Whatever. Norris McWhorter. Yes, Norris McWhorter. And there was a there was a world record for the longest piece of unbroken peel removed from an apple using a traditional peeler. I remember. I remember that. And they used to always have a go. Meters and meters. <clears> and you'd long. use a turning knife, something, and, 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 he, yeah. and you'd turn it around the, this apple. This, yeah. Yes. So that the was always an aspiration, spiral. which I can only assume was the inspiration for the spiralizer because it took all the challenge out of it. And if you put it together properly, you can just literally make <sighs> metres and metres of, of spiralised things. So, yes, I, I do have one of those, but not the kind of fancy one. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes, I do have one. There was a phase in a winter house where we wanted spiralised courgettes instead of pasta. But only lasted there are a week. useful ones, like if you want to um, de-stone an olive mm. or de-stone a cherry, and they're quite simple. They're good. What about those, um, those, removing those the garlic? I was going to sort of what the other yes, the, the melon bally type with the, with the stone oh, pincher, the Parisian uh, scoop. Yes. Pe- what uh if you want to make balls of things then they can work they can but are rarely used are rarely used and turning my turning mushrooms that used to be a sign of a good chef can you get a gadget for that you take no it's a small knife and then you would cut grooves out of the cap of a mushroom in a spiral shape 
you that's turning mushrooms it's a fancy it's like a french i think it was french dishes but they're just fancy mushrooms for no particular reason yeah basically i bet we can get a gadget for that in the catalog yeah I think, I, think, I think we might have found a gap here. If we can get a gadget for turning mushrooms. If only someone was on this podcast who had a range of gadgets, then we'd be yeah. fine. Last time you saw a turned mushroom? I don't. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I've, I've ever seen one in in the in, in the flesh. In in reality, I don't. I've only ever seen them in in books and things. Heston, yeah. as a as a so as a I as a know man. you love gadgets. No, I know you love gadgets. In all, all around your house, there's just hundreds of interesting electronic gadgets. But rarely have I noticed many food gadgets that are around. Obviously, you have your range of gadget stuff. Yeah. What is your positioning on the food gadget of this world? Obviously, there's some fantastically useful ones. Where, what's your background and thinking on it? I think they can make our lives much easier and disconnect us from food at the same time. Oh, interesting. So removing the process of it. Yeah. In terms of your daily usage, what gadgets do you think within a kitchen are indispensable to you? Well, not indispensable, but things you really have come to rely upon and think have earned their place in your I, kitchen I as like, a gadget. I like induction hobs for cooking. I don't understand why so many saucepans are not flat. They're curved. So when you put oil in the pan, it's like a moat. You have to put so much oil in the pan. I, I, that, that confuses me. I just haven't got an answer to that one. A kettle is useful. I think, I don't have one, but the boiling hot water taps are useful if you want to save time. I'm looking over at my kitchen now. Uh, I loved my teapot because I have so many teas that need so many different temperatures and times to brew them. And the basket, the basket that the tea leaves go in goes down for a certain amount of time at a certain temperature, then it lifts up again, and then you've got your tea. I like that. Now, this is the one you do. You're in a very unique position of being someone who actually has designed Design. his own I gadgets. I love my pizza oven because you can cook a pizza in one and a half minutes. Uh, the toaster that you can toast bread on one side. The Wait, that's what your your The toaster, is that one of your ones you've designed? Yes. Or is that just one you've got? Yeah. Why I'm, do you want to toast, toast on one side? Crumpet. Like a croque monsieur. Oh, crumpet. Oh, see, that's the that's a good gadget. When you realise, when you hear about it, you never knew you needed it until you heard about it. Yeah. And suddenly, I'm like, yeah. Oh, uh, thermometers. Got just a point. Of question: Do you only taste crumpets on one side? Then, well, they don't normally. Crumpets don't fit in toasters. Very true. And tea cakes. And tea cakes. So this toaster has an expanding recess. So if you put a piece of toast in, it will clamp the toast. If you put a crumpet, it will open up. You can choose if you want one side or the other. Actually, toasted bread with one side being hot and the other cold, the one crisp, one not, is also an enjoyable thing. Well, that toast sandwich you made, do you remember that? That was lovely where you had two pieces of bread with toast in the middle. It sounds weird and is lovely. Um, It tastes very ancient recipe. You know when you make these gadgets... Do they come to you, the gadget people, and go, 
Heston, what do you want to do? Or do they go, Heston, we want to do a toaster. What do you think? Because at some point, some some inventors are going to look at you going, you want me to do what? Uh, the mixer, where the mixing blade that creates a vortex because it's got four blades angled in certain positions, that vortex creates the liquid to go up and come down again. So how many times do you use a blender where you put all the stuff in the blender, turn it on, makes its whirring noise, and nothing happens. Yeah. Doesn't drag any anything down whatsoever. Uh, I'm just looking at my kitchen. Now. That's one I remember you in the lab and your guys in the lab using constantly was is it called the Thermomix, which is a mixer which also heats at the same time? I remember seeing you using that yeah, a lot. Yeah, it heats and weighs. It weighs as well, does it? Yeah. Um, huh. Good set of scales is great. And then there's little gadgets, which are, there's the Rex. What's that? It's a peeler. It's a speed peeler. It costs about two pounds. Oh, it might cost two pound 50 now. It's, it's metal. Uh, and it, unlike the traditional peeler, which it wouldn't handle with a blade when you're peeling potatoes, this has a curved, you just hold it between your forefinger and your thumb. And the peeler is horizontal and it is a good blade and a good, it doesn't peel too much off. Sometimes you get peelers that take half the vegetable off. Sometimes you get peelers that don't take anything off. Sometimes the pointy bit on the end of a peeler is very useful for just gouging out black bits in potatoes or the core of an apple. Um, then I remember my parents having a, having a bottle opener, a wine bottle opener, which had was purple. It had a needle, like a bicycle pump, and you put the needle through the cork and then you pumped air through it. And as you pump the air through it, the cork would then come out of the bottle. All right. Okay. That sounds is that to stop the cork breaking? Uh, it's an easy way of opening the bottle of wine. I don't know. <laughs> but the needle just gets bent. And I, and, and talking pump. to Mark Meltonville, the historian at Hampton Court, Ronco. You remember Ronco? They would always ad advertise at Christmas and they would do things like a record cleaner, you could test how powerful your batteries were. Um, there was the clothes brush that you had two different sides to it. And Mark said, imagine this is a problem with history. In 500 years time, we dig something up and we dig up <laughs> a speed peeler and then make an assumption that the whole world is using speed peelers. Could just be but we're as guilty as the next man, aren't we? Making yeah. history shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rubbish bins. So I, I, I might be getting on a roll here. Electric rubbish bins, which can be really useful, but there's ones where the lids automatically open for seven seconds, not long <laughs> enough. So as you pour in the whatever you're putting in the bin, the <laughs> lid shuts and it goes on the floor. What is the point of that? Yeah. 
Any, uh, whenever everything in the kitchen becomes electrified, because also there's an interesting delineation here between the things that you've used in a professional kitchen to make professional kitchens more efficient, uh, more more measurable, more controllable, uh, easier, versus the home kitchen where it's about you know a different set of needs and also like you said the connection to food and the relationship with it. And it's curious because some gadgets are suited to some, some are suited to another, but it's, there's a lot of crossover. We tend to buy gadgets for home kitchens, which are utterly inappropriate for a home kitchen. No one yeah. cooks that much stuff. Oh, what's James? Oh, James well, has I thought, got, James I thought, I thought got I'd share one. I went to, I, while you were talking, I remembered that I have one of these, which is a pineapple slicer, Amazing. which comes with three different attachments for your small, <laughs> medium, and large pineapple. And I think the idea is you take the top off, the spiky head off your pineapple, you stick yeah. this machine in, you turn it, and it takes the middle core out of your pineapple, and you can fill it with your pina colada, I guess is the, the idea. Um, there you go. Uh, so look, you, that's one of the you finest can see things how often I'm I've you used so hard. it. Look at it, box fresh, they may say. I must have had this about 15 years, and I just remembered as you were talking that I'd seen it this morning in a cupboard, and it's got, it's got lots of little plastic. So you stick that in, and turn it and it just pulls out when you pull out the whole middle cylinder of the pineapple do you remember when you bought that without a present um, did you I buy that have no memory of, of, of acquiring it sorry there were grapefruit grapefruit knives oh and spoons grapefruit spoons my parents were that a grapefruit yeah, with like spoon. serrated edges had a so serrated edge that's right yeah they 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 yeah they i think they could have been okay I mean, there is there is a payoff between if you have a good piece of kitchen equipment, if it does something that you can't do as a human being, I think that's good. If it does something that makes your life easier, that can also be good. It can also de um, detach you from your relationship with food. But there are many times when people just they want to cook, they don't want a relationship with food. Well, they do but they just don't have the time and why are ovens and micro and microwaves now so complicated to use they really are especially microwaves i mean oh. just one oh, on God and off. mighty does anyone ever use you know they always have like 120 200 300 up to 800 do you ever use anything other than 800 I, I know. I always put it on four megahertz maximum whatever. power. Yeah, uh, max plus, maxi plus. That, that reminds me of an advert I saw years ago, and I think my dad bought these. They were samurai knives. They were kitchen plastic handled kitchen knives that were so sharp you could cut or something with it. And then afterwards, it was plus. Order these now, and you get a washing line, maxi plus. With your washing line, you get something else. <laughs> that is the 3 a.m. You can't sleep when you turn on QVC and or one of those infomercials, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That like, fabulous phrase. And there's more. There's more. And there's more. Yeah. And then they lay it all out on right. a driveway somewhere, don't they? And show you what you get. If you just order now. Oh, my God. Oh, I got in so much trouble with my ex-wife. And I, I tried to do something that I thought was, was so loving. I'm sometimes not the world's most romantic man and i was in john lewis uh and saw an electrolux hoover that you just plugged in and no you didn't have to do anything oh my no you I, didn't I, give it as a I, present a birthday present oh, <laughs> oh. I, I thought 
I was saving her time. I was valuing her time. Oh, it didn't go down. It did not go Every down man out well. there has just heard that and gone, well, of oh, course, well, absolutely. Sense. Yeah. So it's a very considerate gift. I thought I was being so caring. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I tell you, I tell you the gadget I in my kitchen. That aside from again the kettles and the toaster, my toasty maker. I Ooh. love my toasty maker. Tell us why. Good toasty What's maker. What's special about yours? Because I use it all the time. What does it do? And it works really well. Well, as Heston said, for me, what makes a gadget great is a gadget that is. I bet I use it. I use it without thinking about it. I don't have to make a conscious decision. Oh, I've got to turn this on because I should use it. It's a case that I use it. It works brilliantly. It's good enough and expensive enough that it works perfectly, but you don't feel like you've wasted money on it. It's it's just when you get a gadget like that, it almost becomes part and of is your it a, is routine. Is it a sandwich maker? It. Is it one that where pinches the bread round at the edges and makes it a little, or is it more of a? No, it's a panini okay. one because I used to have one of the Breville's, you know, with the fancy edging, which is the best way to do a toasty because you get the burnt mm. cheese squishy bit. But they're a bugger to clean out those things, and they never quite. So I, this is more of a panini maker because you can use it for gotcha. other stuff. But it it is that's one of the ones I absolutely love and i think that when they become like that they become integrated in your life although i have got all manner of sort of milk warmers that whole coffee faff actually i bet lots of people have got lots of things they never use anymore in the cupboard from coffee faff the squishy i mean blending what are they call like bean squashes yeah although i did once buy a, a gadget called an era era latte which is like a tiny little whisk it's a tiny little oh, yeah, which is yeah, very good and those. now you get the frothers that have them built in and stuff now but yeah, actually this yeah, was on yeah, a little yeah. stick and you'd be able to froth your milk they were metal it was like a metal colored thing yeah and it just with, had a battery a... powered little yeah, I've seen those. Your chefs use those. They're I've seen very you good. Them for something. They're very good. That's a really good gadget I bought years and years and years ago, which I still have. It still works. But you know, <laughs> I use it to make everything from milkshakes to the kids to whisking whatever, or for frothing milk when me frother doesn't work. <laughs> I warm it in a pan. <laughs> I froth it. <laughs> a flexible <laughs> spatula. Heat-resistant flexible spatula mm. is a very useful tall that's yeah and good wooden spoons or good yeah wooden spoons and spatula that flexible spatula is a really good idea is that really i don't have one of those it gets in especially if it's got one side's flat and one side's a bit curved so it can it can work like a you get the spoon bit but you can also get into that corners of the of the pan all the corners of the pans uh yeah they they are they're very useful so that's so i'm wondering when yeah as you said what 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 defines a gadget because in my mind a little bit gadgety is 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 the stuff that you just they aren't that good really they only have one purpose you know and and you have to have that moment whereas often they become maybe more of a utensil or something i don't know when you when you when they become really useful and you can start realizing that they become part of your kitchen equipment that you use and you start using in lots of different ways then they stay don't they then then they sit around in the little pot with all the other useful things like a whisk and yeah. the tongs and, and which are technically, I suppose, gadgets, but they just seem to be more user friendly. They, you know, they offer, offer many more opportunities. Have either of you ever had a battery powered tin opener? I've never had one. I've always looked on thinking, why? Uh, I've never had one, but did my folks have one? Did they have one? And was it fitted to the countertop? You know, was it kind of 
screwed on like the pasta roller. You'd sometimes get those pinchy, whatever you call those kind of grips, where it would sit, it would be permanently on the edge. I've been at people's houses where they have those. I've seen where you those. Clip yeah. your can on, and it goes. I mean, obviously, doesn't work, I mean, and the contents end up on the floor. A can opener, <laughs> yeah. battery or not, is certainly more beneficial than those old-fashioned can openers where they had the hook on them, and you'd have to. Oh, do the oh, the wavy the thing? Yeah, like a butterfly. Down twisty yeah. thing weren't they uh, yeah now they've got ring poles yeah 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 although we snapped our can open the other day and you realize how long you've had it for when the thing actually snaps in half like, oh what the hell do we do now and you're right most of them have got and ring see, poles, can openers yeah. are, you know they've been around since 1850 you know they are you know one of the oldest one possibly one of the first sort of gadgets for cooking that ended up in the domestic house you know, so they got. I'm presuming the can opener has been around as long as well, the can. I'm I think, it, ironically, yes. it hasn't. I think the can itself was was developed in about 18 and during Napoleonic times. You should know this. You've just been doing a Napoleonic series, um, but yeah. the canning um, sort of invention. So how, and did was... they, how did they open? The, I don't know. How did they open? I imagine with a giant Napoleonic can. sword. <laughs> just stabbing it because they yeah. were developed for the army and the navy and everything weren't they to transport food yeah, and, and that's how pizza started modern pizza started from canned tomatoes ah, ah there you go pre-can openers or post-can openers probably when they could open and I know we've talked about this before but you know those kind of developments canned food is a genre all of its own which sometimes the food is better out of a tin people always assume things are better plucked straight from the tree but actually some things are meant to come out of a tin i think like certainly tomatoes in many ways are, are sometimes better and and more delicious out of a tin there's something about that whole process but anyway yeah know. they're, they're just we, a different thing aren't hmm. they where do we sit on electric knives very very carefully oh, slightly oh, to oh. one side sorry <laughs> yes, my old man had an electric knife which had a double blade. You just remembered it had two blades and they kind oh my of, God. They, they went backwards and yeah, forwards. Yeah, they did. I think they had two. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't. Did he I use it a just, lot? Because my dad got one and I, I only have one memory on of him roast using it. Beef, maybe, is the only thing I can remember it on. And I think it ripped the crap out of it. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? It's like a chainsaw. Would he carve? Yeah. Would your dad carve the sort of Sunday dose at the end of a table or whatever? Would he? Would, he, would there be a ceremony involved here? Would he? Would he be stood to attention to uh, do it? No, uh, no. Quite Victorian almost. All right. No, in the kitchen, just hacking it with an electric knife by the sound See, of it. See, my dad would, and would always make this whole thing about there'd be a bit. Of, the only time I ever saw him sharpen a knife was on a Sunday, and he would carve it. You know, do it carefully and hand out the plates or whatever. It wasn't that Victorian, but it was always this bit of ceremony. So when he got the electric knife, he attempted to do the same kind of ceremony. And like Heston's saying, he literally just cut this chicken apart in about four <laughs> seconds. Like he took a tree down. It was just... <laughs> and it's gone. I tell you what, a kitchen chainsaw would be awesome. Every man would buy a little miniature kitchen chainsaw to chop through. You could do... Uh, that, that, that's uh, another one we could do. Hang on. I bought... Bosch in a black plastic case. So it looked like a drill, but then you could put a wine opener in it. Uh, it was basically a, a drill, electric drill for kitchen use. But it was <laughs> oh, called Bosch used. and it had a red Bosch. handle. And did you use it to open wine? Did you like drill in? Is that the idea? I, I did, <laughs> and I think I broke it. 
<laughs> also, things that need charge are never good for the kitchen. You don't want stuff that you have to remember to charge, oh, do you? No. you want it's either plugged you know, in or oh, not plugged God, in. That's, if I pack a suitcase, I can pack a suitcase 10 minutes. Passport, wallet, get my training pants. gear. Speed peeler. Pants, speed. Spiralizer. <laughs> <laughs> then the charging. If you want to see an example of ADHD, you look at my charging um, cable casing. I've got like 45 <laughs> charging cables and none, none of them seem to fit anything anything just, that's just what your for, house is it's just bowls just and to, bowls of bloody just charges. to give people one glimpse into into to what has to talk about it has a has a well there is something in your house called the charging baskets kind of thing is it there is a there is an there is an object <laughs> but it's specifically in the house to hold the chargers isn't it i mean it's it's yes. it, it varies yeah. and it might be a box or a bag or whatever but it's generally of yeah. a size yeah. <laughs> just... yeah and then i've got 20 of the same things that don't fit the thing that I want them to fit. Yeah. It's to hold every charger but the one you're actually looking yeah. for at yeah. that moment. Yeah. yeah. That's another one for our list. The the I'm sure this one probably already exists, but the universal charger. And it will charge anything and everything at any one time. Just one thing. You can just literally shove And in tiny in brackets it'll say, with the exception of the very thing you want charging <laughs> right now. Small <laughs> close brackets. Entirely writing. Exception of electric knives and Bosch. Kitchen they used to drills. come, didn't they? The universal charger would come with like a, a, like a jackpot, wouldn't it? Like, well, I'm showing you like a normal microphone jackpot, but it have like eight things coming off it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you be jabbing? And then, and then those, but there's those bits of kitchen kit that people love to tell people they've got. So uh, we touched on this last week or the week before. Oh, I love my Arga, but they never Bread cook. Maker. Bread maker. My bread, my bread, bread makers. <laughs> Don't get me on the story of bread makers. <laughs> so garlic yeah, presses are interesting as well because it takes more time to clean a garlic press. <laughs> Just do it with the back side of a knife. It's so much easier. Then you have to clean the garlic, garlic press and then you, always one bit falls off. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I do quite like the garlic press though. I do, you know, I do just throw it in the dishwasher and it comes out with a sort of crusty layer of dried garlic inside dried it. Which you could garlic. sometimes... <laughs> it, yeah. And there was one, I think, when I bought it, a tool for removing that that came with it, a little plastic thing, which obviously you lose. So you do end up... They see you coming, don't they? Those oh. good food shows. Like, oh, we got him. I used to know some of those chopping, guys by <clears throat> first name terms. Chopping boards. <laughs> chopping oh. boards that aren't flat. Or oh, just chopping boards in general. I mean, I'm, where I'm sat now, to be honest, oh, my, chopping boards in I can general. see three. Oh, and, and then they go, they bend, <laughs> and then when you chop, it, you miss a bit because the board is not yes. flat. Yeah. And then the idea of the idea, I got one which uh, you pick up by the handle, and it's got two creases in it. Have you seen these? So oh, you, so it's like it's like a nest of them. So you can then. You you then squeeze the handle and it oh, yeah. clamps so it, you can pour it straight in, which in principle is a good idea. Mm. In practice, it just doesn't work. I just went off there. I was trying to find you one gadget, which I had more time I would have dug up, um, which I don't know why I got it, but at some point I was mildly 
I don't know, obsess or trying to, when you have a, when you have an egg and you're trying to take just the top part of a shell off in a perfectly round circle. Ah, which, which, ah the little clamp, the little round. It's little like a little metal cone. Well, like this, this one chopper. is more like a metal cone on a rod yeah. and you've got a ball. And so you put the cone on top of the egg, which sits on the little, and yeah. you have a ball, which you then drop down yeah. the steel rod, which hits the cone at a certain pace, because they've measured this rod, which is just what? strong enough to crack the egg and remove the top. Of course it doesn't work. Well, actually, apparently it does work. Some people, I only bought it because someone, as you said, we're talking about, said, oh, you've got to get one of these, and showed me it, and it's like, that's amazing. That's like stating what... You've heard of the back of a teaspoon, right? Yeah, but you don't... Just, just done with you your don't hand. get a perfectly round circle of, of, of shell coming off the top. This fun creates a little all round, edge ramp, and you lift off the little hat off your egg, which I think you can do with raw eggs, and it's harder with boiled eggs because the shell does tend to crack when you do that because of the way the white and the yolk have set. I think it, you know, so the idea was that you could lift the top off your egg, pour your egg out, and then obviously you could make a little custard or something and put it back in the shell and serve it to yeah. your guests. <laughs> it never worked, ever. But I still got it because it's quite fun to sit and just do this. You drop this ball. And then, but... there, was, then there, was, there was the egg slicer. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, like eggs, the yes. guillotine with the wires. Oh, yes, yeah. like loads of the wires in it. And you just push it through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my mum, my dad bought this wine glass that had no stand on it. It was conical, but it had a ball on the base, and it had a leather uh, necklace. So the idea was, you put this around your neck. Your glass of oh, wine I've seen was those. hanging off around your neck. So dinner for dinner parties. parties. Yeah. So your hands are free. Hands free, but also people yeah. can see where your glass is empty. They just come and just pour it, top you up. It's like yeah. a necklace, like a wine glass necklace. I've been to a couple of kind of wine tasting events where you get given those, but that's, I assumed that was just, you know, I don't know, in case Fancy. you lose it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was trying that's to be joy really polite. Talking about Mr. Romantic going to some very posh wine tasting years ago. And we we're going down the row of wines, and I had my my clipboard with my tasting notes on it. And I had my wine glass uh, in the same hand as the clipboard, and my thumbs were was was securing the uh, base of the wine glass onto the clipboard. So, because I wanted to offer the lady next to me the glass of wine. So, as I bent over <laughs> to pour her the wine, I poured my glass of wine all over a very expensive pair of shoes. Shame. Oh. I've just remembered. <laughs> Yours that. or hers? Were these, were these your shoes or her shoes? No, if they're my shoes, it wouldn't have mattered. They were her hers. shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were expensive. See, the wine necklace wouldn't have been such a bad idea right then, would it? That'd have been what you need. Uh, Dab us onto something with that. <laughs> well, with that massive serving of shame, uh, we're about reaching the end of our, our gadget episode. But one thing we'd love to do, and this is James's idea, is we would love you to get in touch with your favourite kitchen gadgets uh, at Heston's Podcast on Instagram and Heston's Podcast at gmail.com. But what we're going to do is, if you can come in with a uniquely useless or useful gadget that we haven't yet talked about or heard of it can become your gadget so it'll become mike's 
Spiralizer or something. So we will name the gadget after you, and from ever onwards on this podcast, it will become your yeah, you gadget. Can, you That's can claim it. Do, so we, it the idea is you can claim it. You know, if you want to own in our in our universe, you want to own you know a, 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 I don't know the pineapple peeler because you've got a you know a reason or a story. You you know you can you can get in contact and and claim it for yourself, and we will we will you know. You can we'll give it to you, as it were, metaphorically. I mean, obviously, you can, you're, like you're a hall of fame. Yes, exactly. A hall of fame. You know, yeah. and slowly you're we can build up useless. a universe of gadgets based on on you guys out there listening. You know, and you can claim them. I mean, I, I would say as a caveat, I think you've got to have you've got to have bought one at some point. You can't just have read about it. I'd like it. You, you, you well said. You know, so um, if you've got a story or a gadget or a, or a memory of a gadget from your house, I think that's fine. But I think you've got to have interacted with it in some way, and you can have it. And also, what would what gad you know for our future you know QVC channel, which is clearly going to be starting off the back of this? What gadget do you wish existed? What's well, the one I you did, don't? I'll have? leave you with this. I did make pasta with play doh. Um, there was a play doh character where you squeeze something and play doh came out of his head the like his hair. Set, I think it is. Yeah, uh, and I used it to make pasta. Very good. And did it work? Yeah, it works. It's quite a good idea. Yeah, and I think I went. It was the same Jonathan Rostro I went on to when I sat next to Tina Fey. I'm just at that in the green room. I'm just about to go on, and Tina, who's half Greek, says, "You do know that your name in Greek means shit on you." <laughs> I'm forty something years old. I'm just being called on. Hey, it's Nam Blumenthal. I was so discombobulated. Next morning, I go to work. Dimitri. My maitre d, who's Greek, I said, Dimitri, does my name really mean shit on you in Greek? And he looked at me and smiled. For all those years, he'd known. Yeah, I'm going to work for a chef called shit on you. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell him. (laughs) That's why he said that smile on his face, didn't he? Yeah. Lovely. Well, Heston, that's been a very fun that's been a lovely trip inside the gadgets. Uh, thank you ever so much, James, for sharing your pelina, pina colada pineapple cora. I think something we'll all be rushing out to buy. Uh, and Heston, thank you ever so much for taking us inside your gadget cupboard. Until next week. I'm now going to start rummaging through my drawers. See you soon, guys. <laughs>